everybody, and um, welcome back to Zumanzi Jitsu Podcast. We're on episode sixty-eight, I believe, and we're here with Jack Keishin. Hello, <laughs> hi Jack. Uh, if you remember a couple of episodes ago, we had Kieran Keishin on. Uh, this is actually Kieran's older brother. Um, <laughs> apparently, uh, Kieran thinks Jack sucks at Jitsu, but you know, uh, <laughs> somebody asked underneath the questionnaire that I put up, uh, "Why is Jack's brother so good-looking?" and I don't know. You may. Can you answer that for us? Um, well, I know what he said. He said, um, it, it, what, what, what did Kieran say? Kieran said that. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. Said, he said he's the better looking brother. <laughs> Maybe he is. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I got him into jujitsu though, so that's what counts. That's, that's a good point, yeah. You can't, you can't knock the getting into jujitsu thing. Um, uh, also, your yourself is it also. How long are you doing train? How long are you training? Jiu Jitsu. Um, I've been training Jiu Jitsu about two and a half years. I'm not about two years actually. I say maybe okay. yeah, about two years. And how did you how did you start? Was it kind of one of those things where Adrian opened the gym and you're kind of just like, oh, I'll see well, what like, this is about. I don't know. I, I was always into um to like combat sports. Like I did karate for about eight or nine years. Um, in Shinroan, a place near where I live, and um, like my granddad, my grandfather had me massively into boxing, like going dating back to like boxing from the eighteen nineties up until like like present day really. And yeah, then yeah. after that, then, um, I started doing karate, and then after that, karate, I kind of stopped doing karate and started skateboarding and smoking cigarettes <laughs> and all that sort of stuff, and uh, in secondary school, and yes, then all that, <laughs> yeah. And um, but I got a, I got into jujitsu from like literally probably like every other young lad watching um UFC and and different events like, and um then Adrian opened the gym of course and uh Kira I was saying to Kieran you should do this you know you should try this I was still in college so I had no time and yeah. um I was like you should do this you should do this and eventually he went and did it and then I saw what he was doing and I was like okay right, shit, I need to get in and do this I can't let my little brother be able to beat the crap out yeah I was, I was just about to bring that up there it's like how <laughs> Get a ship out of you by your brother. By your <laughs> well, no, it still happens sometimes, you know. Well, nice. That's that's always nice to hear. Um, what's your, what was your biggest struggle, kind of starting off? I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people, kind of like the um, some people have struggles with, like you know, like kind of getting their head around like how to not how to use your whole body and not be tense all the time. That yeah, make, that makes sense. Takedowns for me were like t- getting like the takedown for me was. So super hard to get used to because, like, uh, I did li- you, like yourself, you did a bit of rugby, didn't you? You, you did I, a lot of rugby. I was on Leinster's at one stage, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So. That was fucking, that's completely different. Like, someone's running at you rather than, yeah, not, yeah. Not trying to strangle it, do you know what I mean? I did some rugby in school and played with my town, like, and I was approaching, like, the takedown. No matter how many times, it, like, I, I trained with Adrian in, in Premier Martial Arts, and, like, no matter how many times Adrian, like, shows how to do the takedown. I would nearly always go in arseways to try taking it down and always get caught in a guillotine. Um, yeah. So eventually, though, I got it. Um, kind yeah. of. <laughs> that seems to be kind of one of those, one of the hardest things. That's why a lot of people actually um, just kind of pull guard. I know it's. I know I'm going to be like, you fucking noobs, whenever somebody says pulling guard. But I think um, that's why, because it is kind of one of those kind of hard things to kind of commit to as well. If you're, if you're starting off like you were. Did you find it hard to commit to takedowns? 
commit to a takedown, yeah. And like, I'm not even going to lie, man, even still to nowadays, even sometimes, if like there's a really, really big guy there in front of you and like he knows his shit as well, and you're like, oh god, you know, um, like <laughs> I do have a tendency, yeah, you know, but I, I do like takedowns, but I do have a tendency to try and pull guard and then get into that kind of rubber guard position and then try work from there, but um, that doesn't always work. But, yeah. but when you find success with it, it can be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I remember starting off, um, I, I I was getting takedowns loads, but I was also getting caught in guillotines. So we had a wrestling class, and um, my wrestling coach actually, he was he was all the way out in, when he was studying in Australia, he was out in the Sydney or Melbourne, Sydney? I forget which one it was, but he was in the Melbourne Wrestling Academy, or the Sydney Wrestling Academy, I forget which one it was. Um, but just whichever city followed by wrestling academy uh, when he was over there and that's where he learned all this stuff and then now he's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu as well but um when we first started i was like i don't like takedowns like i'm i'm all right with them but i just don't like them because why it's like getting caught in guillotines like you know what i mean yeah. so once you learn how to defend that and once you learn how to do them properly you can kind of do your takedowns properly because then uh, yeah that i think like one like one big thing i kept doing was instead of like well it's probably like it is a standard takedown, I suppose. It's like when you, if your front, your front foot goes to the mat, like, and, and going for a takedown, I was always like bringing my back foot to the mat for some reason. I don't know why I kept doing that, but it was just like a really bad habit where. Kind of, kind of like you're doing the knee down proposing kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really. Yeah, that's. Really, really weird. You see, the thing about that is a lot of people are kind of like, well, why don't you need to step in? Like, I can just. Because. Whenever people level change, that's kind of how you level change without stepping, because that's kind of how you learn how you learn to, you know, change levels. But if you do it that way, then it's kind of always like, oh, yeah, sure, I can just I can drop my back knee, but then it's that's not how it works, and you end up injured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, then yeah. you're on your arse. Yeah, no, it's either that or you just end up breaking your leg, and it's like, all right, this is class. <laughs> Love being injured. Um, yeah, it's not fun. It's really not fun. Uh, but like you know, have how have you found like you know? that kind of thing now compared to where you were when you first started? Oh Jesus, like I'm definitely I'm finding way more success with takedowns now than compared to like even even a few months ago. Like you know, that's the thing about jujitsu is so great that every day is a school day, every time you go in it's like a school day. Um um but yeah like I definitely feel like my takedowns have come on but I would kind of be what, what you were talking about. That that kind of I like playing the guard a lot. I, I just my, I like using my legs a lot. So I, I I don't know. I like that kind of thing. Um, more so than more. I don't know if I like it more so than going for a takedown. I kind of do a bit of both, man. Hmm. Like if the opportunity arises, you'll take what you're given, basically, kind of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like. No, I do the same thing, but that's kind of how that's kind of how it always should be kind of played. Anyway, it's kind of it's kind of like um, take what you're given and don't like, don't give it back. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's kind of where I kind of look at it. Obviously, I haven't trained in so many months, so I kind of, uh, I, I haven't done that. I, I can't, I can't practice what I preach right now. Unfortunately, sorry, listeners. Um, but uh, all in all, it still is kind of that would be kind of the way I look at that kind of stuff. I don't actually like pulling guard because I, I like being in dominant position. I'm that kind of person where it's kind of like, oh, um. If I'm not a top, then I'm not winning. That's kind of yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of my mentality about it, and it's kind of like that's my mentality in life in general. If I'm not in charge of myself, if I'm not in charge of what's happening in general, 
uh, I'll be kind of like, oh, you need to get shit together. Last thing we talked about was um, going in for takedowns and stuff, uh, committing to the takedown and breaking your knees. Um, Going off kind of your experience in training and stuff, have you competed? Obviously, I know this, but for the listeners out there, how much have you competed and how did that feel? And what was kind of biggest lesson you took from it? Competed three times. Yeah. No, no, sorry, no, I competed twice. I came, um, I came third and second, or was it? Yeah, third and second um, in two competitions. Um, mm. Competed at Gamma and I came second at that and I competed in the Grapple Kings and Clash of Fubble. And, oh no, I, sorry, no, I came fourth in that, sorry. My bad, bad memories. <laughs> It's because I went to sleep in two of those competitions, that's why I have a concussion now, imagine. Um, <laughs> what was your biggest lesson that you took from them? Um, the biggest lesson I took from the first competition was definitely um, like controlling the breath and stuff. I hadn't been doing the Wim Hof method or anything around that time, but um, I was uh, de- definitely the breathing is a big thing, like yeah. keeping yourself calm, and like the minute you start. Kind of getting tense and, and tensing up is you're gone, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of one of those things where once you feel the pressure, somebody else is trying to strangle you, it's kind of like, ah, what do I do? Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, and like the, the whole, um, the whole, the whole experience of, competi- of competition is so much more different than in the gym, you know, it's like, uh, the, the feel of it is even different, and like getting used to that the first time was very interesting and kind of, um, it was really cool to take it on board, like, you know. Yeah, it um it is something it, it is something completely different and um fair folks there forget out there like you know how how long was it since um not well, speaking English con how long have you been training before you did your first competition if that makes sense? Uh maybe four months. Oh, kind well, of... that's not too bad. No, you you were kind of you knew your good basic stuff. I was about three weeks in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, don't do that, people. Um, I would never advise doing that ever. Um, yeah, but out of you, you're mad to compete again, obviously. I like, I remember seeing, oh, yeah, that. you know, I like, I, I definitely I want it, I have it in my head that I want to get gold for the for the club, and especially like seeing my brother do so well as well, really kind of, um, you know, it, it drives me on as well, you know, it's yeah, great. Yeah. Like, I love people laughing, some people I, I've said this to. Have kind of laughed at it, and I I don't get it really. I don't get that their mindset about it. But I said to them that like my brother is my favorite uh, sparring partner, and like they, mm-hmm. they go to me. Some people said said to me, "Man, he's fourteen, and you're like you're twenty four. How can that? What what do you mean? How can he be your favorite yeah, how sparring?" That makes sense, like yeah, they, I, yeah, like there's another thing, like you know, and people who don't get it, like obviously to the lay person, it can seem kind of bizarre, telling them that oh look, my favorite sparring partner is actually my brother. Or one of my favorite sparring partners is um, somebody who's like, you know, three or four or five years older than me. And it's kind of like, wow, it's like, we don't have someone, uh, I, like, obviously there's the whole thing of, we don't have someone your own age, but it's always kind of like, well, you don't really get how it works, like, unless you've done it. Because one of, some of my favorite sparring partners, it can vary from t- from whatever to, from like, to what I'm looking for. As in, like, am I looking for a bit of wrestling? Am I looking for, uh, let's say, just a bit of, kind of let's say knee shield specific someone who's got a knee shield or half guard like we'll have like you you know johnny um john nash 
John, oh, John S. Legend, yeah. yes. Cotton John Bodum, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, they'd be kind of well, they'd be well versed in the whole knee shield and half guard kind of thing. So, like, if you're kind of looking for that, then that's kind of, excuse me, that's where you kind of be looking for them. Or let's say if you're looking for a bit of wrestling, you might go to another lad. Another lad. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. There's always that kind of, there's all that kind of thing. Um, One thing I um, think is great, like, my brother, he just, like, Kieran is just so good at remaining calm mm. and, and composed. Um, no matter if he's winning or even if he's losing, he's, he's, he's really good at remaining calm and not getting kind of agitated or, especially in competition is one thing I've noticed with him. He's very good at remaining calm and cool. And I, I think that really stands to him. And then watching that is kind of like, makes me want to be more like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, um, it is a bit nuts like whenever you see somebody kind of just going in there and you just steal a face and you're just like, and there's like, there's like, <laughs> this like, for people who are listening on Spotify and can't see my face, my face just looks like you're doing a resting bitch face, basically. <laughs> and, and they're also, they're also simultaneously trying to rip off somebody's limbs, but they're doing it with resting bitch face. And then there's the occasion look over the corner and the corner like, yeah, you're doing fine. He's like, oh, okay. Um, what's your favorite technique, actually? Or, or have you got a favorite technique that you've, that you've hit in a competition act as well, actually, like, or... Um, yeah, I've, got like, different, I've got different favorites for competitions and rolling. So, what would you? Yeah, like? I, I probably I can't really say what my favorite um, technique for competition is because I've only competed twice. Um, mm. But like, I think my favorite thing to go to in rolling um, is is I love that kind of rubber guard um, thing when you get it right. Obviously, like you have to get it right. <laughs> but um, you can only go but, two ways. One of them is not right. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like, I like playing the guard a lot. Um, mm. I, I don't know, it's just, I suppose that that's something that I found very interesting in jiu-jitsu when you were kind of touching on it there earlier, is that everybody's personalities kind of come out in jiu-jitsu as well. Mm. So, like, if you are kind of more so a dominant kind of person or, like, a, a you know, kind of more like that than what you were saying, like, being on top and, and like, working from the, the top is cool and stuff. And then some people are more chilled out and, relaxed and you know everybody's personality kind of their traits come out in jiu-jitsu as well yeah yeah which is something i find interesting yeah um yeah no like rubber guards that that kind of thing of right i'm gonna you can do whatever the fuck you want i'm just gonna do my own thing and rubber guard is kind of one of those things where you could do whatever the fuck you want but i'm gonna do my own thing and usually for you 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 doing your own thing which is the rubber yeah. guard usually kind of almost always kind of top, always comes out on top but it is it is a very successful position as in like you know if you if you're flexible enough and you know the technique properly like you know you're going to have massive success with it like it is one of those kind of positions where like you know like yourself you, you like you use the Wim Hof method like you know you're really laid back you kind of well you're mostly laid back or you're kind of stressing about <laughs> it. you're stressing about your your album or your song that came out that you released there today which we'll we'll touch on that later on but um but as you said like you know it's it is kind of that, that does suit your kind of personality as well. Like, obviously, it's nice to know two sides of the coin is in wrestling ground stuff. But, yeah, no, the rubber guard, I think the rubber guard stuff is great just for kind of chilling out in. Like, yeah, like, you can't, you, like, definitely, you definitely can't ignore the, the wrestling side of jiu-jitsu or even, or even um, like, when you see a really good judo guy in, in jiu-jitsu, like, the, the, there's, there's this guy in our gym um, who who's amazing at judo and, like, literally standing with him and then next thing you know, you're on your ass, and you don't know how the fuck you got there, and he's actually yeah. slipping you. <laughs> yeah, it is one of those kind of things. Like, 
like you def- you can't ignore the the stand up game at all. I'm not. I, I don't know. I just kind of um I gravitate toward more towards that kind of guard game. You know. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite submission from rubber guard and or just regular guard? Oh, from rubber guard, like something I've been trying to to do in training. Um, just before lockdown and and just even there last night, I got it actually last night, which was really cool. Um, is the I love the go go plata. Mm. Um. And uh, like I love trying the triangle from rubber guard as well. Um, yeah, kind of like the triangle, the the arm bar, the the goga plata or the oma plata. I like more so. I think the triangle and the goga plata are like the you kind of get that feeling of from rubber guard. You kind of get when when you hit it and you get it and the tap. You yeah. kind of get that feeling of yeah, that's that was cool. <laughs> that's fine, yeah, because that's not yeah. an easy. That's not an easy position to get stuff from if you're not really like you know well versed in it as well, especially when you're starting off. Usually, whenever you're starting well, off, like man, I, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm fucking brilliant at rubber guard or anything. I just, I, I like that position. Um, no, well, that's that's what I mean. Like, if you like it, it's going to come through in your game as well. Like, a lot of yeah. people, are, oh, I'll just do Kamor traps because we're doing Kamor traps today. Um, not saying that they suck in case anybody's listening. That's in my gym. Um, but like. I I don't really I'm the kind of person that I don't like doing Kimuras whenever I'm in the gym, but whenever I do competitions, those are probably some of my go-to's. Um, now everybody knows my secrets, but like then again, it is the thing of do like it as well. Yeah, yeah. Like as you said, like um, that's the great. Thing. Like, yeah, Adrian has always been really really cool in that sense of like if I like you could find a like you could find a, a move on youtube where you could like see something in like a, a ufc match or whatever and like be like whoa that's that looks really really cool and like it could be something mad from like some rubber guard move or some some mad thing like that and he, even though he'd be like oh man i'm not flexible enough to do that sort of stuff yeah. he'll still he'll still guide you through it and he'll still like um he'll still bring you through what you should be doing and stuff and like he's really good he like, he he never he never turn you how do I say it? like he'd never say no that you shouldn't try that because you won't be able to do that he always kind of like encourages you to yeah yeah and he gets that from Kieran Kieran's always like that Kieran Davern um and your coach fucking Adrian what do you think of him he was uh oh, Adrian's oh, dead on he's I was rolling like, like, on today and he was like how did you get on an interview with Jack and I said no it's tonight actually I, I, we kind of missed it last night and he was like what the fuck are you doing get shit together and I was like oh sorry man but he was like oh yeah make sure you ask about his coach and Ask him how good he is, but what do you think of of Adrian and his coaching style, and just Adrian's game in general? Yeah, like he's just such a he, he's very laid back and really really cool. Like you know, he he um he's great for in every sense of the word. Like you know, he if if you need advice or you need a bit of a kick up the arse to go and train, he he'll do it. You know, he, he's he's yeah. good both ways. Um, and like he's super supportive of stuff you do outside of the gym as well, like with, with music and stuff. Like, but before I was with a, I was with a label before, and um, after all that sort of stuff stopped with the label, I was just kind of in in limbo land. I didn't know what I was going to do with myself with music and stuff. And he was he was just constantly going, well, why why don't you record and why why don't you send it to re- our records labels? And why don't you send it to radio stations and just kind of like, you know, constantly yeah. encouraging, encouraging, and um. Like you know, even when when lockdown came in, the was it the first time or the second time? The, sorry, yeah, the first time we came in. The boat suck. But, yeah, the boat suck, man. You know, <laughs> just kind of left left you left us all in Limbaland, really. But he, uh, like, I kind of stopped. I didn't have any motivation to do anything, and 
then he got me and my brother and my girlfriend out running with him and stuff and it was really really cool then and um but but then like then i hit another halt where i wasn't doing anything again and he was like man why aren't you training come on like you know yeah get, yeah get, you know and like i needed that though you know and i, I, yeah. I think like um a lot of the time when people well I, I can't speak for everyone just i can speak for myself but like sometimes i, I feel um that when you hit that rut or you hit that kind of getting down or depressed sometimes sometimes you do need like a pat in the back or a hug but sometimes you need to fucking kick up the ass and be like yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's, um well he'll always be kind of that person that stands around you like he's always he's always telling everybody else in the gym well not everybody else but like you know he's always kind of um saying to people like you know oh, why don't you go off and do this competition or have you or why don't you try playing this game or something like you know as in not as in like you know the game they're playing now is terrible but just why don't you try it as in see if you like it and he's always yeah. like he was doing that for me with the wrestling as well. He was like, "Yeah, why aren't you competing abroad, man?" It's like, "Oh, well, I don't know what I'm doing yet because it's fucking COVID." He's like, "Oh no, but you should, you know, you should do a little tour of fucking of England and like, you know, go to different gyms, like, see what it's like." And he's always, he's always at that, like, and he gets yeah. that here as well. Well, I think he's just, that's just him as a person as well, but as well. Yeah, like- well, he he, he always, always get that encouragement from Kieran too, as well as him giving that encouragement on. So obviously, you you get a little, you give a little, that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And like he, um, when I first w- went in, um, within a few weeks, I can remember I was. I think it was actually after that first competition. Um, he was constantly telling me about like, oh, you know, you need to breathe right. You need to breathe right for jujitsu, and or you're not going to. If if you stay panicking, you're 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 going to get tired, and you're you're going to gas out like. Yeah. And um. He told me about like the the Wim Hof method, but he was more into the cold shower kind of cold showers and the cold exposure more than the ice baths. Yeah, ice baths and all that side of it more more so than the breathing. Um, yeah, like he did he did a small bit of it, but like it was more the 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 cold exposure, um, that that he was into. And then because it was in Carlow as well, with my girlfriend, um, and we were going to college up in Carlow, um. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to stop training jiu-jitsu, so I was like, oh, is there anywhere up in Carlow where I can train? And he got me in contact with Rory from, from Ten Planet. Rory McCann, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's an absolute legend. And, like, them lads up there as well, they're, like, there's ki- like there's a guy called uh, Jonathan Day. He's, oh, like... I, he got his proper belt recently, actually, I think. Oh, man, he's ridiculous. And, like, uh, there's Oshin O'Brien as well. He's, he's a blue belt now. But, like, the, their gym is, is full of, like, just such sound killers as well. And um, they're great guys, but he, uh, Rory, he got me into the the breeding side of the Wim Hof method big time, like, and um, like I just I, I'm obsessed with Wim Hof method now. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, every every chance you get, you mention it to me. I was like, I I like I, it's I can't, I, I don't like breathing. It's not my thing. Um, my way, my way of like you know, kind of get my breath back is just like sit there and relax. I'm that kind of person where I kind of just sit there and ignore everything for about two seconds, for about 30 seconds, and it's like, all right, back on again. Um, or like, I've heard people, people that have, like, I've mentioned it, that have said stuff to me like that, and, like, the, the one thing that I've I've said to them, and, like, I don't know if I've said this to you, but, like, the, the Wim Hof method isn't kind of, like, um the breeding side of it isn't, like, meditation or anything like that. It's, oh, like... Yeah, no, I, I, know, I know that as well. But, like... The one thing I will use the Wim Hof method for, which is actually surprisingly enough, I don't use it in training because I, it's just not a thing that I use in training, um, is I use it to wake up from sleep paralysis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it's like getting a shit ton of oxygen in your head and uh, into your body, and then, like, you know, obviously you're reacting to that, and then 
you know, you come out with sleep paralysis and your demons just sit in the corner there like a dope. And it was like, oh, go away, like I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> You're in the middle of yeah, breathing, right. just sitting there. And it's like, oh, go away. That's what it works like. Huh? Yeah, no, like I, I love the Wim Hof method in terms of how, like, you know, it gets me out of that kind of shite. But otherwise, I just don't use it. And it's not, it's not to be personal against the Wim Hof method, but I know loads of people use it as well and they get loads from it, like yourself. Um, you might know Adam Tahari, I don't, I'm not sure if you know Adam Tahari, but um, he uses the method religiously and he teaches it as well, actually. Uh, I'm not sure if he's doing it much now. I think he's doing it over Zoom now, but um, well, he'd be he'd be the kind of person that he'd go up to Kennedy and or Cadamstown and he, he'd hop in the river there and he'd like just do the Wim Hof method to kind of like get rid of the shock and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, like especially for a beginner, I, I think... Wim Hof method is a fucking brilliant way to kind of, you know, get into calming yourself down whenever you're stuck under a guy who's 140 kilos. And, kilos, uh, yeah. Like, even the, what you're saying about the, the the cold, where he jumps into the cold water, like that, the, the whole idea behind that is um, if you do it religiously every day, like, even with a cold shower, and it doesn't have to be, like, something mad. Like, like I had videos up where I was trying, I was staying in the ice baths for, like, eight minutes nine minutes and stuff but like it doesn't have to be mad like that it, it, it can just be like something as simple as turning the shower cold for 30 seconds at the end of the shower every single yeah, day yeah. and what the whole idea behind that is is what you're doing is you're stressing your body out for a short period of time and mm. when you do that then when you go into stressful situations your body doesn't react like um it doesn't react really really crazily because it's it's kind of getting used to being in stressful situations like the cold yeah. you know yeah yeah um like all that kind of stuff there is kind of like really important oh, there we go are you still there mm-hmm. yeah i know my laptop kind of froze i was like oh it's happening again <laughs> um no but like yeah again going back to all that kind of whole stressful situations like i'm definitely sure whenever somebody's like had an accident and everyone's having to kind of breathe in and out, in and out. That's kind of like, you know, your basic level of Wim Hof right there. It's kind of like, yeah. calm yourself down. Because obviously shock is, shock, people can be in shock for fucking yonks. Like, like I, I remember, fucking, I remember, no, about being free, like, you know, and it is kind of one of those things where I, I remember seeing a car crash over in England when I was over in England. Somebody fucking got out of the car and she was fucking, like, you know, like she's breathing, but she's kind of like hyperventilating more than anything else. More so then, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then one of the guys was like, no, just breathe with me. And he was kind of, he'd be, he'd be doing what I, what basically is now the Wim Hof method. But I didn't know that. I, I, I always kind of saw that as like, you know, just calming yourself down, like, um, yeah, as it were. Which, you know, that's not a, it's not like, you know, a bad thing or anything. Um, but like back then, I was kind of just like, oh, he's just trying to calm her down. But, like, it is actually fucking, it's hugely important. And, again, that, that kind of goes back to your whole thing of, you know, chilling out. That's kind of, you know, relaxing. Then if yeah. you're feeling stressed, like, do a bit of Wim Hof for about five, ten minutes, like, and then... Yeah, know. like, it really does um, have a profound impact on, on, on your brain, I think. Because, like, people kind of, I, I think a lot of people, including myself, before I started doing the Wim Hof method, forget that, like... Air is our first form of food. Like oxygen is our first form of food, and if you're not breathing right, your whole body's not going to. If you're not breathing right, you die. Yeah, yeah, but so much of us, like when 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 we're sitting down, 
And like even now, even if even because I'm doing the Wim Hof method, that doesn't excuse me from it either. Like that, when when we're sitting down watching the television, when we're or when we're sitting down doing anything, we usually just breathe into the top half of our lungs. We don't actually use all of our lungs. Yeah. So what the Wim Hof method does is by breathing into the into your stomach, what you're doing is is forcing all the air into your like you're breathing, you're using your whole lung capacity, yeah. um, and you're filling the bloodstream up with oxygen. Which is something that we don't really do, you know. Yeah, um, unless you're fucking just, like you situation. Unless you're like in a stressful situation, and then you yeah, yeah. Off of it and it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> but there was a guy. I I um I, I started kind of doing something similar to your friend. I started bringing my friends um during the first lockdown in small little groups out to um uh, the monastery. It's 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 out near it's this monastery in Ross Gray. And we started doing the Wim Hof method out there. And like all of them really, really, really enjoyed it. And um, I don't know, I, I'm just, I am, I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> well, no, like that's kind of what, that'd be what you're into, like, you know, as well. That's, yeah. thing, that's something that I think people kind of find, oh, like kind of, it gets overlooked rather than it's like, oh, why are you doing the Wim Hof method? It's like, because that benefits stuff. It's like, yeah, but like, you know, fair enough. But like, you know, you can just do this or you can just do that. It's like, yeah, but. I like it too. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. You know yourself, like you're fucking, like you love that shit. Like it's not, I'm not like it's. Like I, I personally wouldn't be that into it as, as much as you are, but I still respect it enough to, and I still know about it enough to know that, to know why people love it. Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, definitely. And like, it, it's just like a people when when something is different, people kind of, you know, a bit. Oh shit, that, yeah. that's different. You know, uh, like I don't know how many times I've been called a mad hippie, and and like you know that sure, there's no like even when I've shown people the science, like because there's there's science behind this too. It's not just yeah. like crazy fucking hippie talk, like you know. It's not just somebody breathing and, heavy, like yeah. Yeah, yes, like there's science behind it too, and even when like when you show people the science to it, they're still like, no, nah, no nah, man, no. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> it's like showing people, it's showing people science that the Earth is a sphere. And then they're like, blah. It's like, you should get Eddie Bravo on this, man. <laughs> I wish I could get Eddie Bravo on this, trust me. Um, that's up to humanity, though. I'm, I only uh, do the legwork sometimes. Um, but, yeah, no, if Wim Hof Method is fucking, fucking mad. Um, we're, we're, I'm just going to move on to another topic there because we've almost beaten Wim Hof. Nah, I spent all day talking about this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. we've spent all day fucking beating the shit out of, um, out of Wim Hof. But uh, obviously, then again, it just goes to show, like you know, if you love it, you love it, like, and there's nothing wrong with that, I think, uh, unless you're nuts. Um, <laughs> have you been to any seminars yet? Just in terms of like Wim Hof seminars or just uh, jujitsu seminars? Oh, sorry, I'm. Ju- well, I'm... obviously, you've been to Wim Hof seminars. You probably teach them actually, though. No, yeah, well, I've I've done a few um, Wim Hof things with my friends and stuff and I've done a few of them um online with a guy called Breed with Niall. Um mm. but jujitsu stuff um no I've 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 done no seminars. Adrian was telling me um about uh Heist Grace he was up in Dublin last year, wasn't he? Or was it the yeah. Year? yeah 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 I think so. Yeah I would I would love him to come to that but fucking did you listen to our last podcast? Not yet man, no. Well, Pat Corcoran been... got his black belt off. Heist crazy. Yeah? Yeah, and we're all like, whoa, that's fucking class. Um, yeah, no, it's, um, seminars are fucking wonderful. My first seminar actually was, uh, 
Tom King. Tom King. Cool. King. And uh, he taught knee and belly. He, he taught you knee and belly? Yeah, it fucking hurt. Let me tell you that. But I was only, I was only about a month in. I was like, oh. Because I, 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 I was trying to convince my Because this is when I was like, scabbing off. Not scabbing off parents. But this is when I was like, didn't have, I didn't have a job yet. So I was kind of like, can I have money to do a seminar, man? He's like, why? It's like, because this guy's a black belt. It's like, <laughs> what's that mean? And I tried to explain the best I could. And I was like, only a month and a half in. Like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. But eventually, anyways, Matt kind of gave me the money after fucking asking for fucking months. After asking for about a couple of weeks. And, and I did it anyways. And I still use that new belly stuff to this day. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, yeah. So they're like uh, they're obviously like priceless seminars and shit. One of those, some of those seminars come in fucking. Like I think there's strength and knowledge, obviously, but um, you know, if you like it, then it's a big, it's another big thing. I, I and I'll be touching on that loads if whether or not you, if you like what you're doing as well. Like it's, it just seems to be one of those kind of things that people kind of get overlook a lot of times. Like oh, I'm doing Spider Guy. I'm really good at Spider Guy. It's like yeah, but do you like it? Like not really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I'd be, I'd be the same with um, with Camorids whenever I'm rolling. Cause I, I think they're, I, they're really aggressive, and I, like, it's not what I'm, it's not what I like to play in in jiu-jitsu when I'm rolling. Even though my whole kind of thing is being aggressive, but I've, I've ripped on, I've ripped on some Camorids before, and I was like, no, too much. Because whenever, because a lot of time whenever you ripped on a Camorid, like you know their hands are together, and then once you disconnect it, the hands are. It's instantly mm. on, like, and you're trying to, like, ah, too aggressive. Um, it's interesting, though, like, what, what you're saying there about, um, like, you have to like what you're doing as well, because mm. if, like, say if, like, I try to to be aggressive, like, your, your style of, of jiu-jitsu is, is, like, being aggressive and you're finding success with that. Mm. But, like, if I tried to do that, I found that when I get aggressive, I lose focus and mm. I, I end up getting caught. But it's yeah. when... I'm more relaxed and kind of flowing and chill that I, I wind up in like, shit, I'm on the back now. Fuck. You know? Yeah. How the fuck did I end up here? You yeah, like, out, I don't. Zone out for a minute doing your thing and you end up on the back. Like, oh, did anybody record this? Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but I get all my aggressiveness stuff from from rugby. Like, rugby's fairly fucking, you have to be tuned in the whole time. Like, you know. Yeah. Because I was, I was a forward. Because I, I made up. I was um, a seven, for um, open side flanker for like ten of more. Pretty much since we could do a full pack of a full pack in, in training, like you know, as in for scrums and stuff. If in case nobody knows what the fuck we're talking about, we're talking about rugby. Um, but that was about some. Well, I'm still playing rugby, so that was about eight years ago. Maybe I don't know how long ago it was. Still playing rugby, yeah. Yeah, I like. Well, I've been playing rugby for about 13, 14, 15 years, like. Cause I'm 21 now, so I don't know. I didn't know you still play. That's really cool. Oh yeah, no, I still play now, but it's kind of been on and off because wrestling. Like you know, I was I was playing loads actually before the year, uh, kind of like the start of this year and stuff. And then I was kind of like, and then I got onto the Irish team. I was kind of like, hey, look, I'm going to need to dial this back a bit. And they're like, oh yeah, cool. Congratulations to the team. I was like, all right, cheers. But then when I came back, it's like lockdown. It's like, oh yes, I love lockdown. <laughs> and then it just stopped. Like um, we had a couple of matches there recently actually. And, Went out with a few lads before the second lockdown. It was, sorry, yeah, it was just before the second lockdown. It was, it was really fucking, it was decent enough. Like, and it is one of those kind of things where I would be still pretty aggressive on a rugby field as well as would be in, in a competition. I'm a bit different. Like in a competition, I'm looking to tear somebody's limbs off. 
you know, <laughs> like like it is a bit different. Like, but then that's just my whole kind of. It's one thing I've uh, I've noticed about the sport of jujitsu compared to like, because now I'm going back to my early teens when I, when I competed in karate, but I I found that striking striking um. Maybe it's just my own experience. I don't know, um, but I found that combat sports that like striking are compared to grappling. Say, I feel like striking has that bit more ego in it than grappling. Like I've noticed that anybody I've met in competitions that were uh, grappling competitions, Jesus, everybody was like so super nice, like kind of hippie-ish, you know, like everyone was really, really kind of cool and all that. And then compared to like the karate tournaments years ago that I can remember being at, people were just like, I'm going to take his head off. I'm going to kill that guy. I'm going to hit him so hard. His mom. Yeah. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's crazy. And it wasn't just like, like I think I last competed in karate when I was like 14, but like it wasn't just the kids talking like that. Like you were hearing all the adults talking like that yeah. too. Some role models like. <laughs> like I don't know like I can't say anything bad about any of the adults that I trained with but like geez some of the stuff I heard was mad yeah it is yeah it is that kind of way where a lot of the jiu-jitsu guys are really sad. like I remember I was rolling against somebody and uh, like I think I tapped him out twice well, I've been rolling against this guy for a while actually I forget what the fuck his name is um, I think it's John Lyons but um, we've always rolled together. we've always had some kind of Inadvertently, kind of end up running, running into each other, and we can we fought against each other twice at the last grapple, one of the second last grappling this series, if I can remember correctly. Um, and I won against him twice, and afterwards he was like, "I almost had you in that toe hole." It was like, "Yeah, I, that's why I rolled out of bounds." Um, and it was never, it was never kind of like, "Fuck you," like you know, you're, you're fucking, yeah. you're kind of, you're actually not that great. You just got lucky, like you know, like obviously you can't get lucky and stuff. Um, which I yeah, can't. yeah. I think I kind of did. Oh, yeah, that's, that's definitely something I've noticed myself. Is like you go in there and you, you, even like before you go in, you're like chatting to them on on the the side of the mat, watching another yeah. fight. We're going to go in there and we're going to like try and kill e- each other. And like you you do go in there and you do try to kill each other. And yeah, then yeah. Back out and it's like, oh man, that was a fair cool move. What like how did you yeah. get that and how did you get the you know? Yeah, I've learned a lot of my moves actually from other people who were like something like. How did you counter that? It's like, oh, you just pushed elbow off. It's like, oh, that's, yeah. oh, oh, my whole system has been defeated by you pushing my elbow out of the way. That's sweet. But like, but they're all sound like that. And if you ask them if you can show me something, they'll be like, oh, yeah, no. Um, uh, go into North South and I'll show you from there. And then that, then they show you. It's kind of like, that's cool. But like, if you, like, I think Jiu Jitsu guys in general are just kind of some of them, some of the most like, most humble guys. Obviously, there's a few out there. Whenever there's like you know super fights and stuff, there's a bit of shit talk. Um, like there's a lot. There's a bit of shit talk between me and Kyle Redmond. And Kyle Redmond's a fucking class grappler. I actually, love the fucking man. Love him on the bits. Like um, class grappler, really, really good guy. Uh, really good friends. Of, really good friends. His his girlfriend's friends with my ex girlfriend, but I'd known them before I got with my ex girlfriend. So yeah. So whenever I go to Port Eastern, and then we kind of we kind of ended up chatting more. From that, and he's got his own website called Grapple Hub. A uh, little plug there, if anybody's um, looking for. It. I'm not sure how how far along he is with the website, but he's pretty on there. But he um, he actually fought um, who was it? Uh, fucking 
Max Lally at the last couple couple of things. Cool, yeah. And um, if Wait, I was at that. Yeah, yeah, you were at that. I met you at that. Yeah, um, I met you at that. Yeah. If uh, anybody's wondering what Grapple Kings is, it's, uh, it's a grappling show held in Port Leash in Dunamay's uh, uh, theatre centre thing. And um, it, it's actually run by Adrian, which is Jack. Adrian Albert. <laughs> yeah, Adrian Albert. He's Happy actually... Martial Arts. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Martial Arts. Uh, great. <laughs> uh, but no, that's actually Jack's coach who we're, taught, we're interviewing now. But um, no, he, he ended up fighting, yeah, like, you know, um, like Kyle ended up fighting them anyways, and I, I was kind of working the door on it. So basically, obviously, your fire has their own entrance to do all music and like you know a smoke machine and everything else, epic kind of thing. It's really cool. But um, I was kind of on the door. I was on the door for that whole night, and I remember um, I remember I was talk. I was telling Kyle, I was like, you know, tell me whenever you're ready. It's, it's, it's on your go. And he kind of stood there for a bit, and he was kind of like you know doing his own thing, like you know getting into the zone, chilling out and stuff, and um. He ended up, I think he ended up getting tapped by Max, but I'm not 100%, I'm not, I can't remember how the match went, but it was a good enough match. And um, well, he messaged me after and was like, I really, really appreciate you giving me those couple of seconds, like, you know, just on my own there before my match, like, you know, to give me that kind of, you know, chill space for a couple of seconds before I went out there and competed, like, because obviously you're competing, so there's a lot of eyes in you, like, you know, it's, it's nice to have a kind of chill thing just before yeah, that. Yeah kind of get your head right in the right headspace and he was like and he sent me a big man big huge paragraph and i was just like this is what you just is about like you know it's like it is everybody being fucking humble as fucking shit obviously there's a bit of shit talk whenever you're with your friends it's kind of like when i was with adrian um today i was rolling with adrian today and he goes uh oh you won't get a single leg and then i got a single leg and then he strangled me and i was like oh, <laughs> but then like he was uh he's trying to butterfly sweep me and i was like no not happening he's like it's gonna happen it's like not happening and then i always say to people that come into the gym i um i always say that like rolling with adrian is like exactly like playing pool with adrian because like <laughs> there'd be, be nights where like i would went out for a few drinks with adrian and we go to a bar with a pool table and uh you know we'd be playing pool or whatever and like, I'd be pretty all right at pool. You know, Adrian's just a different level. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, one of those, um, he's one of those guys, like, he's just, he's just class at pool. It's like, all right. Yeah, like, I, I'd be beating him, and I'd be, like, killing him. Like, I, I'd be potting everything. And then I'd miss once, yeah. and Adrian would destroy me. Yeah, yeah. It's typical, like, and he's talking to you and doing it as well. He's like, do you know what's going to happen now? I'm going to put that ball yeah. there. Top left pocket. Just you watch. He goes there. It's like, all right. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Do you know what I mean? Stop. Like it's, it's so funny. Actually, what was what was the first technique you ever kind of um, learned, if you remember? Jesus, man. The first technique. Don't tell me you're too old because I still remember the first technique I ever learned. No, it's only like two years ago, but like, <laughs> Jesus, I think if I'm if I'm correct, I think I think it was like. I walked into the class and and they were doing uh, arm bars from guard, mm. you know, and and I, I'm pretty sure that was it. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I am. I'm pretty sure that was it. But the fu- the funny thing about it is, um, I can remember being with my friends and telling them that like, oh, my, my brother is doing jujitsu and I'm I, like he's been doing it a, f- a while now and I, I'm going and I'm joining the club. I can't wait to try it and stuff and. Like they were all like, 
I am, man, sure. I know how to, I've been watching jujitsu videos on YouTube. Come over to my apartment, sure, after college, and I'll show you some stuff. Like, I was like, oh, okay, grand, I'll, I'll come over. And like, I, I was, we're going to have a few beers anyway, but um, and he starts trying, he starts trying to like show me jujitsu stuff. And I was like, man, are you sure this is right? Like, you know, it's not yeah. really sure. And like it's like no man, this is a triangle, and he was like trying to do a triangle on me. And like, then when I went into jujitsu, and I was like, my god, that guy was like completely wrong. Yeah, it's, full <laughs> it's so funny that you you do you do hear these people that like I watch YouTube videos, and that's how like I don't know how many people I've actually talked to that have said shit like that to me. Like mm. I, I'd be like, oh man, you should come down to the gym. You should come down to the gym. And like I am, I know, I, I can't wait to come down to the gym. I've been like watching YouTube videos, jiu-jitsu YouTube videos, like, I could get you in an arm bar if I wanted, you're all, like, it's always lads that are full of beer, and, you know, saying, oh man, if I wanted to, I'd take you down, I'd get you in an arm bar, I'm like, yeah, it's like, you don't really, the, the fucking, or even when they're talking about hitting a bag or whatever, it's like, you don't realise the bag doesn't hit you back, and whatever you're practising the arm bars on isn't trying to fight, yeah. you know? Yeah, like, it doesn't defend you, it doesn't elbow you in the fucking knee, nuts, like, <laughs> it's pretty true. Um, fucking, what was your, what was your prep for competition actually? Just, oh shit. What was your prep, I'm eating by the way, which is why I just said oh shit. I dropped my food. First time, like, uh, Adrian and me, I was like, kind of go back, I'm not a massive fan of Conor McGregor. Um, I just never have been, his, his personality just doesn't sit with me, like, mm. but um, I've always kind of talked to the, the Diaz brothers and, um, uh, like especially Nick more so than Nate I kind of I, I, not that I and when I when I used to say that to Adrian he used to like mistake it for me thinking saying that for like me thinking Nate or Nick Diaz is the best fighter ever I, I don't I like I jeez I wouldn't say that I, I but he's my favorite fighter mm. um so I think like before the competitions and stuff I'd like kind of I suppose half half kind of fanboying over Nick Diaz I'd kind of be like running a lot and and trying to eat as clean as possible like i was i was vegan vegetarian for ages um oh, and doing all that stuff um but uh the second the second or the second competition i entered it was a uh, my god like i was i was fit like i was i was grand but the night before the competition i went over to adrian's house to watch the conor mcgregor and don Cerrone fight mm. uh it's pretty fucking tired the next day <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a strange one. Um, my prep for competitions used to be go out and night out beforehand because it was always on Saturday or Friday. Yes. Always going a night out. Not always, but it just ended. It just inadvertently happened. <laughs> inadvertently happened. I remember. Like Scott Jones said that she used to go on a a bender like the weekend beforehand, so he could tell himself that if if something went wrong, that it was because of the bender. Yeah, yeah. I never kind of, actually, what happened was with me, one of my first competitions is, one of the first competitions that I won, uh, one of the guys in the gym, in our gym called Alan Doolan, he uh, he was like, I met him in a nightclub at like one o'clock in the morning, he was like, what are you doing here? Absolutely fucking out of his face. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? It's like, I'm drinking. Like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm fucking, I'm on one, lad. And it's like, you guys, not too bad. So we're both fucking bollocks then. He's like, oh, well, well, you're compete. Are you competing tomorrow? It's like, yeah. It's like, oh sure. I fucking I know how well you're going to do, and you're going to be a champion. You're going to be this, you're going to be that. And I kind of took it as, oh, you're talking drunk, like. But I was also very drunk. And um, the next day, I actually went and won the competition. I was like, 
holy shit, Alan, you're like, I won a thing. And um, I told him. <laughs> I, I did told, a thing. Yeah, but I told him this a couple times, he still doesn't believe me. But basically, on a really drunken night, he gave me a massive pep talk before my first, before my first competition that I won. And he was like, uh, yeah, you're going to win. And I ended up winning. But um, ever since then, anytime I won, anytime I've gone out fucking get smashed like beforehand, I've always kind of got a gold. Like it's, um, like how do I how do I put this? Like, um, what is it? Kind of like a mental thing for you, is it? Uh, not really. But just it, it it's kind of like a coincidence, really, more than a mental thing. But I'm the kind of but if I'm really fucking hungover and stuff, I'm kind of just like, oh, let's get over and done with it. And I just I you don't think about it much, is it? It's like you just yeah. go in, just go in. Get it over and done with, it, and then it's kind of like right, finish it now, and then finish it as soon as I can. Um, which is that, but that also kind of plays into the aggressive thing as well. Um, but another one was when I uh, this is when I was going out with my my other ex girlfriend. I've got a lot of ex girlfriends. Um, this one was with my other ex girlfriend, but it was her birthday, and I we'd gone out like before beforehand, and um, we'd gone on an absolute fucking bend. Well, it was a birthday. Like, I think it was her 18th birthday. Was it? 20, 20, I can't remember. I forget what age I am. Um, I forget a lot of But like, I'm 21, but I, I forget what age what age she was turning. But basically, we'd gone on a massive bender. We were drinking since like 3 o'clock that day. Or it could have been earlier because I was, I was over. I, it was a long day. and um, <laughs> But the night ended at about 7 o'clock or 5 o'clock because that's when they were gone. That's when they were getting kind of collected from town and stuff. And I ended up getting dropped dropped home because the bus brought me home because she lived in Clara I, I, and I live in Tullamore. But um, basically, I ended up going into the house at like five o'clock. Did I did my stuff like you know, ate a bit of food, brushed my teeth, tried to not get sick, and then uh, didn't get sick. But I was kind of like near the toilet just in case I did get sick. Um, yeah. And uh, and then like by the time I got to sleep, Shane Hughes outside the door is like, "Con, we're going." Oh, Shane. To Con. Like, he'd be ringing me and ringing doorbells like oh for fuck's sake so I slept for about an hour and then I got up there and Kieran Darwin was like are you over I was like yeah actually no sorry it was Kieran Darwin that gave me a lift because I met him at the gym and he was like are you over I'm like yeah why he's like I can fucking smell it off you uh, if you don't win gold today I'm not bringing you home you're stuck in Dublin I'm like ugh fuck <laughs> and I took that as like you know I want to shit myself um, yeah, yeah. Because there's your head coach being like, "Yeah, I'm not bringing you home unless you win gold." It's like, oh, fuck. Um, and I think, I think that one of the, that match there, one of the guys broke my arm. No, he broke my arm. One of the guys there broke my arm again for the second time. I didn't realize it until after. I was like, "Oh, nice." Um, but yeah, so those my comp, my pre competition ritual is uh, drink. Just. Not sure if that'll work for you, but if you want it, you can have it. No, like I, I used to be mad into. I still do drink a little bit. I used to be mad into drinking, but not really anymore. Like I, I, I do like we were talking about before. I, lo- I like a good pint of stout and and a uh, and our Jemison or a good whiskey. Yeah, yeah. I'm on. I'm on a Tullamore Jew, so. Yeah, like I, my my, I found like I've been taking CBD oil, like really high strength CBD oil, past mm-hmm. while and. I, like that's my kind of thing I spend my money on now is CBD stuff. I really, really like that. So especially combined with the Wim Hof method, it's completely yeah, chills you the fuck out, man. <laughs> Called Ten Planet, I know. Um, <laughs> it, it almost is Ten Planet. I'm going to tell Adrian in Premier Martial Arts that uh, 
you're trying to convert over to uh, Tempana fucking trailer. No, 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 man, no. Fucking Ross Gray's me home and that's me home, Jim, no way. Yeah, it's, oh, well, well, he, he'll be glad to hear that, I hope. Um, now, uh, we've done coaching, 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 rolling. How long, how far into, um, what do we call it, training did you start rolling, actually? That's something I'm always kind of curious about. About, Jesus, well, you see, what happened was, I started, Kieran started coming home, and before he started jiu-jitsu, we used to always, like, I used to always mess with him, like, you know, and, and yeah, yeah. Then, then he started jiu-jitsu, and the more he started doing jiu-jitsu, when, when we go to mess, when we go to, like, mess fight and stuff, he started, like, grabbing me and, and putting me in things that I was like, what, what the fuck is this like? Yeah. And, uh, then I was like, shit, I have to go to jiu-jitsu. And then I went to jiu-jitsu and Adrian was like, right, we have to give yourself three weeks of learning technique before you, you start rolling. But I think I was about two weeks and I was just like, I, I, I needed to get in and do it. <laughs> so about, about two weeks, yeah. I rolled my first day. Did you, yeah? Yeah, stupid idea. Don't do that either. <laughs> I did everything the hard way. It was really stupid. I don't know why. Um, three weeks is not too bad. Kieran... I think Kieran has it under two a month or two, a month and a half. Yeah. No, or, but like yeah. you can see why. Like you know, yeah. when someone doesn't know how to do jujitsu, doesn't even have like a kind of a grasp on, on grappling or anything, they're mm. gonna get hurt, you know? Yeah. And especially when you get some like I've had some fellas come into the come into the gym like I've said it to them, like come down to the gym, you know, come come down. And uh they come down to the gym and they'd they'd be kind of like not not I, I wouldn't like because they're a really nice guy so i wouldn't say like they're the big hardy guy you know they're the big hardy shams like they're they're not the, but the, the they would kind of um they'd be nice guys but they they would think they're they're hardy you know yeah and would have came into the gym and like my little brother would have like crawled up their back and choked them and they're yeah and they don't they don't get like some people don't get that there's a big difference between somebody that knows how to grapple and someone does that doesn't know how to grapple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't just like start training. Say it again. It's very evident when you start training. Yeah, like everyone has a neck, you know. <laughs> really? Doesn't matter how big your muscles are. Yeah, well, you say that now, but I've seen some necks and I've just been like <laughs> No way. But yeah, no, I suppose that's kind of yeah, I don't know, like... And, like, in fairness, in our gym as well, like, we're we're really lucky to have, like, we have we have Adrian, and then sometimes, like, Chris Lumen is from... He lives in Ross Gray now. He's from Burr originally, but um, he lives in Ross Gray, so he tips down to our gym as well. So we have Adrian, Chris. We have uh, Samuel, who's a black belt in mm. jiu-jitsu. Uh, he's from Brazil and everything. Yeah. He's our gym as well. Um, you know, we have, we have, we have great lads coming, coming in, uh, and, like... There, there's a guy. Um, oh my god, I can't remember his name. Uh, but oh. he's, uh, he's, he's a black belt in judo as well. Oh, yeah. So like, you know, yeah, yeah, kind of have, you've all kind of good bases covered, and like, you, you came over to do wrestling for, didn't you? Uh, I'm not wrestling. We're gonna just come over for a roll. I think it's a Christmas roll. Was it? Yeah. No, I, I thought Kira. I wasn't there. Kira told me about it. But, no, um, I went over and did wrestling. Did I? I don't know. I wrestled with Kira. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't like teach any wrestling. Or anything. Adrian was telling me that he wants that if I have time, I can go over and I can go over and maybe teach class every Saturday or every second Saturday or, or dawn Saturday or something. I was like, yes, I'll do it. But then I was like, oh yeah, working is a thing. Um, so that's always something that I fucking kind of like doing. Like I'll, like I love going over to. I've only been over to the gym a couple of times actually, which is kind of sad. Um, I've always wanted to kind of get over there more and more because I actually really like the gym as well. Everybody, like, you know, it's a different group of bodies to compare to the more, which... Everyone is so sound. And, like, yeah, but everyone's everyone so sound. Every single gym I've went into, that's a jiu-jitsu gym, like, they've all been sound. Like, everyone has been sound, you know? Yeah. I haven't met, I haven't really met one kind of person that I think I'd say is a bit of a dick. <laughs> I've met a few. But that's just... Yeah, that's just you're that's in the longer, I suppose. But that's just who kind of, that's just kind of, like... How they are when they're first perceived, like you know, everyone's actually pretty dead sound, like you know, once you get to know them a little bit. Um, again, after rolling with somebody for the first couple of times, maybe not the first couple of times, but after you roll with somebody maybe once or twice, you, that vulnerability kind of creeps in because, like, you know, you're rolling on top of each other and you're trying to sweat on top of each other and you're trying to strangle each other, like, you know, it is it is a pretty intimate thing, and everyone's kind of like, oh, gay, but I mean, like, it's really not because, like, you're trying not to die, so yeah, yeah. like. Is I did it a, to live? Like I so, did my college dissertation. Oh, sorry, man. The, oh, sorry, okay. I was I wasn't going out. There's like a, a delay on my video here. Sorry. Oh, you're right. No, but I, I actually I did my college dissertation and like um I tried to do it. Uh, originally, I wanted to do it on jujitsu, the mental health benefits of of practicing jujitsu daily, mm. and um, the I couldn't find enough information on just jujitsu, so I had to um do it on. The, the mental health benefits of practicing martial arts across the board daily, you know. And um, the one thing I found about jiu-jitsu that I found fascinating was that um, jiu-jitsu is like the only sport that all of your um, happy hormones get released together in your brain. Like you, yeah. different sports will, will release different ho happy hormones in, in your body. But jiu-jitsu is the only one that releases all five of them at the one time. And it's got to do with that skin on skin contact and, and that kind of primal primal side of yourself coming out. It's mm. very it's very, very interesting. What you were saying about the the whole um kind of uh when you're rolling around with somebody, you're like you're trying not to die. Like I think the thing that's different about that compared to say boxing or say karate or something like that is it in jujitsu, if somebody wraps you up in a in a chokehold and they're squeezing the shit out of your neck, like they have the they 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 can kill you right there <laughs> and then in boxing if you get knocked out you you'll well hopefully if you don't die I think you'll you'll get back up again you know more 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 times than not you'll get back up again and you'll be fine but worse maybe a concussion like yeah but jujitsu that primal side of you comes out I think um now this is just me talking from my head from someone that's been doing it for two years but like I think that that primal side of you comes out where like if you're being choked you could be you're in, inside in your head you're like you know shit that this guy on my back or this girl on my back has the, the capacity to kill me here you know right here and now like yeah well like your neck is wrapped up like and it's getting squeezed on it's not it's not it's not an everyday thing like like if this was in nature and and like we we were doing this to to the death or over yeah. territory like if this was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds or thousands of years ago and like we were like all together in like little groups or clans living together in the forest or whatever and we were fighting over territory and that it wouldn't be a jujitsu match that would be like dead <laughs> you 
Yeah, you're, you're like you just you, you've got your neck broken. Yeah. It. If that was in like a fight, you'd, you'd see somebody fucking yanking on it, like tearing somebody's fucking. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Like. You know what I mean? Like there, there goes your fucking um. What was it? Oh, I forget the name of it now. Anyways, it's the thing at the top at the base of your skull. Your uh. I forgot what it's called. My brain hurts. Um, it's all going bad. <laughs> there's stem. Your brain brain's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing. See, got there eventually. Ten fucking minutes later. I'm so sorry. Um, now there's a few more questions that I kind of wanted to go over. I've actually been going through loads of questions. And you just have some. Uh, I've just been kind of flowing them because I fucking like I I much rather kind of do these comp- questions kind of more. more yeah. yeah. Oh, rather than anything else. Um. We're going to fly through these. This is called around the specifics. If you've listened to a few of our other podcasts, um, and we just we just kind of go off these quickly, and then we're going to go on to Jenny because, uh, I think personally, for kind of, I think we should end on that because it's, I think it's probably one of the most important things that there is out there. Um, in case people don't know, Jenny is actually a, a single that Jack Keish, Jack uh, Keishan actually wrote and produced. Um, so I'm excited to get onto that when we do, but um, just for now we're going to go into specifics or around the specifics. Um, have you got a gi? You do have a gi. How many keys do you have? I have one gi. I had um. So I, had, I guess that's, no, that's no, no, I've only had one gi. Mm-hmm. I used to. Adrian used to let me borrow uh, a gi before I got my own. That's what I was thinking of. I have, I have, I have one gi. Um, Kieran has two. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Adele has Adele has two as well. Oh, get your shit together, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you working on recently in your game? Obviously, you said Rubber Guard, but is there anything, anything specific from Rubber Guard that you're working on? Um, I don't know. Like, I've kind of Rubber Guard and like full full guard. I've like being honest. The thing I've been working on still mostly, even through lockdowns, has been with especially with Kieran has been wrestling and and the the takedown side of things. Mm. Um. That's been the biggest thing I've been working on because I kind of feel comfortable on my back. Um, now this is only coming from someone who's been doing it two years. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not. I uh, I don't want to sound like oh I, I'm I'm great on my back, or whatever. Um, yeah. But, but uh, I, I'm comfortable enough on yeah. my back. Yeah. I'm not comfortable standing taking people down, especially if they're that bit bigger than me. Um, yeah. I like to try and pull them into my garden stuff. Um. Yeah, I, I suppose, yeah, the thing I've been t- working on the most has been, like, taking, like, different types of takedowns. Um, uh, the Kieran Kira, was showing me uh, this this judo throw, which was really, really cool. Um, it's really good. He's hit it a few times in competitions, and, like, you, you literally, when you're standing there looking at it, you can literally see the wind come out of the other fan. <laughs> well, I've, like, I've done that as well, and I think it's all very fun. It's more fun than I think it's more satisfying. Um. Is the next question is who's your tra- favorite trainer partner? But obviously, it's Kieran, isn't it? Like, it's Ke- yeah. Of the I, I was, I was, say- yeah. Like I was saying to you before, um, that I've said it to a few of my friends in college, but and and stuff that, that like, oh yeah, you know, my little brother is my my favorite trainer partner, and and uh, they've just kind of went like, what? How, how can how can a fourteen year old be like your favorite trainer partner? He's yeah, yeah. He's smaller than you and all that. I'm like, yeah, but man, you have enrolled with him. <laughs> well, you, you know, have, like you have to learn jiu-jitsu and then roll with them. Yeah, like it, it and the the minute I think you tell yourself that you can't learn something from a 14-year-old just because you're 24, 
is the day you stop kind of learning, learning things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, you should never like I, I, general. I do like like uh, I have loads of like my favorite training partner is Kieran, obviously, but like I like I love Ronan with Adele and I like my two friends are like I have three friends in the three of my close friends in the gym, Dylan Walsh, um Kieran Bergen and Andreas. They're like they're they're great lads to roll with as well. But um I don't know, I just think I don't know, it's probably just because he's my brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having having that bit of dominance over him. Um well kind of sometimes maybe. Um yeah. what was your favourite TV show growing up? I'm curious to know because because you're yeah. kind of into the classics a little bit like I know this obviously but obviously it's podcast so people some people won't but my favourite TV show growing up. Uh I had a few. I loved um Drake and Josh and like Keenan yeah. and Ken. So good. I was watching uh, porn the other day. That was really sad. Ugh. The Fresh Prince of Bel Air is class as well. That's classic, yeah. Um, Do you watch my Carly at all? Oh man, I used to watch that. I used to love that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I loved it as well. And everyone's kind of like, it's a Carly show. I was like, yeah, but it's funny. Um, I, uh, did you like Sweet Life on Deck and Sweet Life of Zack and Cody? Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, yeah, man, definitely. And like Malcolm in the Middle was another one. Um, oh, Malcolm in the Middle is a classic. Yeah, King King of the Hill, The Simpsons, all that sort of stuff. Family Guy. Um, I was always more kind of into movies more so than um, What's movie. Because that's actually the next question. Oh, I mean, I, <laughs> see, I, have lot, I have a lot for different reasons. Like my favorite film series of all time is Rocky, purely yeah. because yeah. it was like I was very close to my grandfather, and we used to watch Rockies all the time. Mm. And like I love Rocky for that reason. Um. After that, then I don't know. Like I, I love um, a director called David Lynch. I don't know if you've ever heard of David Lynch. He, I've heard of him. I'm not sure if I've seen any of his production. Oh, some of his movies are so strange, but they're great. Like there's a, a film strange. called Jesus Christ Man. Leave him alone. That's a bit. Mean. Say it again. That's a bit mean. Oh no, I mean strange in a great way. Like he, he's a. It, it, they're they're just brilliant. Um, Blue Velvet is a great film. I love that. Um. I loved like the Shawshank Redemption. That that was that's another classic. Yeah, um, great movie. Goodwill Hunting. That's another film. I, oh I, yeah, I, I fucking love that film. Uh, love that. And that, there's a guy. The guy who did the soundtrack to that um, is a guy called Elliot Smith. Mm. Um, absolutely phenomenal singer songwriter. He did. He's just brilliant. But um, yeah, man, movies. Jesus, I could talk all day on movies. Goodfellas is another one I love. Um, the Warrior is a great um, MMA movie. I don't know if you ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I watched The Warrior. Yeah, man, it's great. And like, the, there's another. There's the, there's a band called The National. They do the soundtrack to that film. Um, brilliant. Like so many. Um, so so much of, of the music I listened to ha, came from like Guitar Hero and then f- films that I watched as a kid. You know. Hmm. Um. Speaking of Guitar Hero, have you got a favourite game? Mm. I think it's a... Or console. Or what was your first console and then favourite game? Oh, I thought you meant what was my favourite Guitar Hero game. Um, I think my favourite console... Oh, jeez, that's uh, that's hard. I think... Yeah, I think my favourite console would probably be the PlayStation 2 purely because I can remember 
when I was young, I wanted to get everyone, all of my friends were getting a PS2, and I was like, I want Matt, can I ask Sandy for a PlayStation 2? Please let me get a PS2. And uh, it's like, no, there's not a PlayStation 2 isn't coming into this house. You, you play out, you're going to be playing outside and blah, 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 blah whatever. And um, I'm going to have a childhood, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. But like, I had a Game Boy, I can remember I had a Game Boy, but I can remember the fact that I wasn't allowed to have the PS2 made me want the PS2 even more. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like telling my granddad, I was like, oh, granddad, mom won't let me get the PS2 and I really want to ask Santi for the PS2 and all this sort of stuff. And I walked down on Christmas morning and like, I still remember perfectly, Santi had brought me a, do you know the Megazords? Do you know the, did you watch Power Rangers? The, yeah, I fucking love the Power Rangers. Yeah, like Santa had got me a, a Megazord, like where you put the Megazord together. Mm. And uh, I thought this was so cool, but like, and I had a few little other presents as well, but then there was a, spider-man for the playstation 2 was like on the couch and i just i couldn't understand why like why, why would santi leave me a playstation 2 game and no playstation 2 yeah and like my dad started going uh oh maybe he uh maybe he wants to bring it next year or maybe you know like all this sort of stuff and i was yeah. like like i was like i think it was like seven and i was like what sure that doesn't make sense why would santi yeah. do that <laughs> but i can remember being real fed up that morning and then like um like why would he do that and then my grandfather walks in with a PS2 and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Class. <laughs> it was so cool. Obviously, but, that's uh, one of your favorite kind of consoles as well, just in general. In general, I suppose. Uh, just for the kind of the whole memory. Of fucking yeah, the, the, I agree. Like, like. the, the PS3, um, I think, has probably has to be the best to me because... I can just remember when, when I think of the PlayStation 3, I just think of like playing with my friends Darren and Connor online and, and going like going to their house. And we, the, the lads had this thing called, um, I think if you if you look it up on YouTube, you probably still find it. Um, the, do you know where you used to be able to make clans in, mod, or in Call of Duty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We all used to have clans. And uh, I remember I got Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 for Christmas one year. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, I get to play with the lads online. I never had really played Call of Duty online that much before. And they were trying to explain to me the whole kind of concept of the, the quickscope, you know, the... Yeah. The, I, I didn't fucking know what the quickscope was. And it was like my first time playing it. And I was in a... It was like a pure sniping match. And uh, they were like, right, it's, it's all quickscoping, Jack. And I was like, oh, cool, okay. And I was, I was talking to them and, on the headset and they were explaining to me as I was playing it. And I got the game winning kill, but it was a it was a hard scope I did. Yeah. And like everybody on the opposite team was like going crazy because I had like it was meant to be a quick quick scoping match. Yeah. Oh. I, I think the PS3 is definitely the my favorite mm. for them reasons, just memories. Yeah. Well, there's always there's all that kind of stuff. Um, speaking of memories, fucking. What would it's not really a memory actually? It's kind of a memory, but not really. It could be a memory depending on which time period you go to. Which is uh, what would like if you could time travel? Where would you go and why? Oh jeez! Without, without fucking up the whole kind of balance of time. By the way, just throwing it out there because usually people are like, oh well, if it changes time, it's like no, nope, don't worry about that. Just man, there's like I don't know. I I'd probably be gigs I'd like to go to and things like. That. <laughs> Yeah, like you know, I all of the gigs, all of the gigs. Could I just go to live? I would have said before, like I got Bob Dylan is one of my heroes, 
And um, before I got to see Bob Dylan live, I got to see him last year live, which was great. It was like Bob Dylan, Neil Young and Glenn Hansard all played together. But before before I got to see Bob Dylan, I would have said, oh, I'd, I'd love to have saw Bob Dylan play in the 60s. But um, yeah, I don't, now that I've seen him play, it, I, I've seen him play. It, so I don't know. I'd, I would have, I would have liked to go back and see like Nirvana playing back in the day and, and uh, maybe... Um, Maybe the Doors is another band I listened to from Doors. the sixties. Yeah, yeah. Like they're they're quite cool and strange. Um, I would have seen the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones have been cool to see as well, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It sounds fucking weird and all that, but I've read stuff about America back when President Kennedy got shot, and like just the whole kind of country seemed to go into this kind of. St- weird state of mind and kind of everyone didn't know where the war or didn't really know what was going on um so i probably yeah i, I maybe go back to, to around that time and just kind of experience all that craziness you know yeah it is it is kind of a mad thing as well like, seeing how kind of music has progressed for the years like have you seen the movie green book no green book is a class movie it's it has music in it which i that's why i kind of suggested it but it has a lot to do with kind of like how how this kind of like how this like, musician has basically basically what it is story is he's black but this is back in like nineteen forties but he's like a famous piano pianist like but like it just goes to show like how different that everything was back then then it goes like going on to be about the music so once he's a great pianist he his color doesn't really matter until he's not playing piano anymore at piano anymore and then like later on in the movie it kind of shows how his music starts changing a little, little bit by little bit but then at the end he's all he ends up going to like a, a bar and then he ends up like playing a bit of jazz and fucking the blues on the piano like going fucking nuts rather than his classical music it's really cool i love all that kind of that kind of old kind of i don't i thought i love old shit but like i love that kind of progress. I, I love if you if you watch the before progression it's fucking the movie itself is a masterpiece, but like, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I love all music, especially. Um, I think, I know it sounds kind of like a, I, I, yeah, I suppose I do fucking kind of sound like a hipster if I said this, but I think like, um, I like, the thing I like with the old music from years ago is that there's so much heart in it because you go into a studio now and I can, I can tell you from experience, like you go into a studio now and it's so easy to make your voice sound good mm-hmm. and it's so easy to make the guitar sound good and everything sound good but you listen to like right. time yeah like you listen to shit like bob dylan back or even not even bob dylan like anyone like neil young bob dylan leonard Cohen, even back mm-hmm. from like the 60s and it's literally even john lennon with with working class hero that they're they're literally sitting there with a, a guitar in a room, just an acoustic guitar in a room and their voice, and they're literally telling you a story. Yeah. And that, that's that's all it is, but they get their message across so much because they mean it. And like I think that's something, with myself anyway, I, I think I, I will, when I listen to somebody and I feel like they mean it, I, I, I tend to go back and listen to the song more. And like when I'm writing a song I can't write something unless I mean it like I wouldn't just be able to to or like, a page 
Yeah, just like fucking write a story about something that hasn't happened to me or hasn't happened to somebody I know. Yeah. Or has to be real or doesn't. And that's song? not. That, I don't want. There's a song that my cousin loves, and the whole reason he loves it is because it's about him and his your man walking his dog. I know that's kind of like it's on the less serious side of things. Oh, I love. Sure that's the whole It's because <laughs> like he's he's writing and singing a song about walking his dog up the mountains. That's all it is. Like that's yeah, like simple. But shit. like, like just what what, I'm, what what I meant by like that is like the great thing about music as well is just because I. Just because I think that and just because that's what appeals to me, that doesn't mean that that's right or that's better than somebody else's taste, you know? Like, it's... it's yeah. It's all it's all kind of a matter of perspective. As, yeah, 100%. As, everyone's different, like, you, know, you know? As you're kind of like, you know, as you know yourself, like, you know, you're pretty, you're pretty easy going. Like, you know, you're not going to be like, oh, your taste of music is shit or your opinion of music is wrong. Oh, but it's that's... Never like that. Of, yeah. You know, Obviously, everybody has their own fucking shit, like. Um, and, like, the minute you tell yourself, or the minute you try and, like, what, I, what I've just said about music now, and the sort of shit I like now, and, and, like, telling a story about music and stuff, that doesn't mean that in, like, five years or ten years down the line that I still have that opinion, you know? Like, it, that's the great thing about music. You, you, you're constantly kind of changing and, and mixing things up, and you don't have to stay the same, you know? Yeah. That's what music is, it's constantly changing. Again, if you watch any of those video progressions, not video progressions, but kind of like music progressions, it's really cool to see how fucking music changes. Um, but uh, going on to that, like, you know, I kind of wanted it to, this would be kind of like one of the last things to talk about on this podcast because uh, it's coming on to about an hour and 20 minutes now because we had about 20 minutes before as well. Um, he reminds me of pissed off me about how long this conversation is, but it's pretty rad. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. No, like I think it's a good thing having a having a kind of interview like kind of like this kind of thing, but um yeah no going on to kind of progression music and everybody's kind of taste of music and how how the way you kind of like music, you wrote this song called Jenny and it's about domestic abuse. Yeah, domestic yeah. violence. Yeah. About domestic violence, and I it's it's it aired today. What when did it air? Three days ago, yeah. Three days ago, yeah. And um, I got to actually, I got to actually listen to a preview of this song, and I was kind of like, send it to me. And I kind of bullied, I kind of bullied Jack into sending it to me a little, because <laughs> he kept forgetting. I was like, fucking send it to me. And uh, he ended up sending it to me anyways eventually, and I fucking loved it. And I played it about eight times that night. Um, but the song is about, it, it is about domestic violence and domestic abuse essentially, and. Um, just come, just tell us how, a, a little bit about that and, like, you know, how kind of, like, how you ended up kind of coming along to the idea of writing a song about domestic violence and domestic abuse. And then, obviously, you obviously you find it very relevant. And obvi- I, I do, too. Um, yeah. The, the, the whole way it came about was I actually had music, the, some kind of idea or skeleton of, of the idea of Jenny wrote about six months ago or maybe a year ago even um with with music and with a rough kind of wording of what i wanted it to be like and then when lockdown happened i i I decided that right okay i can either fucking not do anything completely with music or i can kind of start writing like a motherfucker And, and i had to like i knew if i didn't start stay writing like mad that 
it was just going to go, you know, like it's, it, I feel like writing is like anything. If It's like lifting weights. If, if you're not using that part of your brain, that will go and, and, you know, it won't work yeah. right. So I decided that I was going to write about four things. Um, and I already had kind of like a skeleton for Jenny, but then I was hearing all these stories. So I rewrote the lyrics completely. Um, the whole project itself, Jenny is one song on a whole project I'm working on at the minute called Internal Dialogue. Um, so like there's Jenny, um, there's Ireland 2020, which I like I sent you a preview of it, but that's changed up again completely. Um, it's kind of like turned into more of a rap, I suppose, than anything. Um, yeah. uh, there's American Heroes and what's the last one? Uh, Luna is, is another song that I've been working on, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had that's another song that was kind of wrote, but then I reworked it and rejigged it again. Um, so like. Jenny is obviously is about domestic violence and stuff and that that's pretty relevant and that's going on right now so I, I can that was kind of in the news and I was I was seeing stuff about it and seeing it online as so I started writing and and I, I had actually read some stories about women that had actually shared their stories online and I, I had I, I just kind of not that I not that I took um, anything they said from their story but I just used it as a bit of inspiration and then like Ireland 2020 is about like I feel that there's a massive there's a massive divide going on in Ireland at the minute I think with with and like in America in most places I feel like you know people are kind of like uh, if you're Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael or right wing or left wing or anti masker or masker or whatever people tend to kind of view if you are Fianna Fáil and somebody else is Fianna Gael most people on the Fianna Fáil side think everything that Fianna Gael are saying is wrong and they're bad people. And then everybody on the Fianna Gael side think everybody on the Fianna Fáil side are wrong and they're bad people. While in reality, there's good and bad people on both sides, you know, but this this kind of mindset is dividing people further and further and further, I think. And uh, you see it in America completely as well with the, the right and the left in uh, in America, you know, that they're they're completely, they're so focused on being uh, who's, they're kind of so focused on being who's right and who's wrong that they're forgetting about the truth, I feel. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I couldn't help but just use that as like, I, I had to write about that because, I don't know, there's a bit of a hippie in me, I suppose, and I just want people to be nice to each other and be good to each other. So. <laughs> but but uh, I just can't stand that, that side of people, that kind of... Um, Hatred, like, that, yeah, that, and it's really coming out. The frustration and anger is really coming out in people. I think um, now more more so than ever. Like it probably has been there for a while, but uh, it, I feel like it, it's it's coming out in people now more than ever. And like you do even see it. I saw it in myself when I was maybe may, well, it was before actually before I even started the Wim Hof method. Since I started the Wim Hof method. Um, I'm pretty relaxed and and eat and chill with myself, but like I used to be like, if I saw somebody doing well in music, I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck them, you know. If I in my head, on my own head, I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck them, I've whatever. But mm. what was really going on was, I was just angry that I wasn't. It was reminding me that I wasn't working to working hard enough to get to where I wanted to get, you know. Mm. Um. And I feel like people, a lot, a lot of people, um, do that. You know, it's subconsciously like the 
they kind of get frustrated when they see others doing well because it reminds them that they could be doing well as well and they should be you know what I'm trying to say I, I don't know if I'm expressing that no, right no, but... well, I get what you're saying anyways basically it's it's not really jealousy it's kind of more like if you're beating yourself up over the fact that you're not doing as well as you could be doing because you're not putting maybe it's because like you know external factors but basically it's kind of like you're beating yourself up over something that that can or mightn't be that basically is or isn't out of your control and it is yeah like, right. obviously there's a lot of that going around the place like i get annoyed over some stuff that i can't control roads like other drivers on the road yeah like, yeah but i just like with, with them two songs ireland 2020 and um and american heroes that's why i've like tried to to explore completely is that kind of uh that divide that seems to be happening between mm-hmm. people um and like you, you, you see it completely in america right now there's there's people that support Donald Trump that think everybody that supports Joe Biden is wrong and they're, they're assholes and they're stupid and whatever. And then the people that support Joe Biden think the exact same about Donald Trump supporters. Like, they're all ignorant, they're all cunts, yeah. they're all this that. And the reality of it is there's there's nice people and there's bad people on both sides, you know? Yeah. Um, no, nobody is, is, is completely... Uh, good or bad, no side is completely good or bad. The thing, Je- Jenny's been going really, really well. Uh, like the radio stations have been playing it, which is great. Um, there's been a uh, like everyone has been sharing, all my friends have been sharing, that's been so cool. And like, thanks for having me on to this, you know, that's been great to kind of get to push it too. But um, yeah, like the, the one I was saying to you earlier that the, the one thing about the the whole business side, but I was never used to to like having to deal with that sort of shit and one thing that i've become completely aware of right now is that uh it's no good anymore to like have be a really really good musician or to to it doesn't matter how good you are really or or how talented you are if you're not pumping money into yourself to kind of promote to to kind of sponsor yourself on facebook and to to put Mm. to uh do or do marketing sort of stuff on Instagram and and uh, Spotify. Then it doesn't really matter how good you are if you don't have the money to push it, you know. Because mm-hmm. people don't see people don't really see it unless the the algorithms are taken care of. Yeah, well, obviously that kind of changes the more views and stuff you get. Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, hundred percent. You've been getting a good a good bit of draw on it. Um, I've been seeing a plaster the whole time, and every time I look at your story, it's always somebody else has shared it onto their story or something. Um. Yeah, like, and actually, something that I forgot, something that happened there the other night was absolutely ridiculous. I was there, and it was the night Jenny came out. I had, I, I can remember I had like whiskey in my house, drinking whiskey for that. Yeah, I remember you texting me. It's like, oh shit, fuck shit. Find me stuff. I took into a bottle of whiskey, but um, the yeah, I was I was drunk anyway, and Adele said, "Was that your phone that dinged?" And I. Looked and at my phone, and now I was scuttered drunk, and here it was, and it was Glenn Hansard was after liking one of my videos, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Because like Glenn Hansard, like you know, I really look up to him. He's cool, you know, he's a great songwriter, and uh, that's they nearly fucking dropped the bottle of whiskey and everything. I was fucking mad that that he had saw saw it. It is a uh, yeah, it's fucking it's great to have kind of have something that you worked so hard on that's so meaningful to you and. Other, other people appreciate it like I like obviously you're kind of doing it for yourself as well more than anything else but 
it just ends up being like you know something that everybody else kind of not everybody else but the people who have listened to it and people who appreciate it like you know once they listen to it and they appreciate it it's kind of like then they kind of appreciate what it means to you and how how like you know um how important it is in general as well because domestic violence isn't a fucking joke like um and like it's it it is kind of a it is kind of a serious thing um to even release a song about that kind of shit because sometimes you sometimes you see stuff like that and it's just like it'll just get fucking wiped away because it's kind of like oh we don't want to talk about it so if we don't talk about it, it doesn't exist that kind of thing but um but like, one thing i've noticed um like i, I know i'm we're kind of shining on about stuff here but like just in terms of that whole kind of side of things is um i seen a story about a school down in carlo and did, did you see this and and the the girls were told not to wear this was only recently like this is only maybe two weeks was ago they were told not to wear skirts or something they were told not to wear tight clothes leggings or oh, yeah. clothes because it was distracting the male staff like if we're in 2020 like are we still going to be blaming girls and like like and, yeah and i push your fucking there's this whole do you remember that whole fucking fiasco still going on out fucking girl women's fucking nude and shit being leaked and all those fucking oh my gosh jesus christ like what, like what is that like and then I, I remember seeing a thread about it on facebook and somebody was like well sure it's the girls fault for letting it happen and i was just like I need to get off Facebook for today. I can't deal with this shit. Like, and like it. I wasn't. I was having. Yeah, like I wasn't. Get, I wasn't being like I'm getting off Facebook because like you know, oh, it's all bullshit. I was getting on Facebook. So I was like, how can you be so fucking close-minded that you can blame like you know, like some of them didn't even know their pictures were being taken. Like, yeah. So like, like some of them sent like some some women did send them willingly, but like that doesn't mean that. Yeah. that that's mean you have to like fucking shared online but like some some girls weren't even aware that their pictures were some people were were um taking pictures of of women unknowns to them you know and and yeah pretty ridiculous but like then again we're shiting on here a bit again but like that whole kind of domestic violence stuff kind of ties in with you know just mistreating people in general just everybody's fucking everybody's fucking hating each other recently and like there's just so much shit going on that like you know it's pretty fucking heavy and 2020 has been a fucked up year i think um and, uh, i can't wait for it to fucking end uh, when i said happy new year last year at 12 o'clock at night i didn't think it'd end up like this and uh yeah i kind of want the world to go on fire which i was on fire too sometimes um but yeah do you know what we're gonna do we're gonna fucking we're gonna end it there because i want to um eat food but I um we've been talking for for an hour and a half maybe an hour and forty, but um Jeez. yeah it's been it's been a good fucking interview like you know I um the whole point of these interviews is kind of like you know get the whole kind of picture and get get getting guys from four corners of the earth like who do jiu-jitsu and obviously you're one of those people and and you wrote a song about fucking domestic abuse and you're one of my friends as well so uh, why why the fuck not have you on do you know what I mean uh, <laughs> cheers man. No, but like it's a, like it's always a good thing to kind of like you know get people on the show, anyways. But you know, having somebody who's fucking released released a song about domestic violence, I think for sure, pretty sure this is the first. Um, but if you're looking for where can we find your tunes, anyways? If if uh, yeah, like, this, um, it's talk- on every 
Jenny is on everything right now. So like it's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Um, yeah, it's on fa- everything. Like it's on it's on everything. Yeah. Yeah. And how? What's your Instagram plug? Uh, in my in my Instagram name is it? Mm. Yeah, my Instagram name is Jack Keishan Music, and uh, my Facebook name is the same thing, Jack Keishan Music. Um. Yeah. It's it's going to be. It'll be um. It'll be a big hit anyway. Well, it already is. I don't know why I'm saying it. it'll be. It already is like you know, it's, and it's just growing in popularity as well. But um, no, we. I really appreciate it fucking coming on because I know it's it's late and we we're supposed to do this yesterday, but like you know, we kind of fucking ran over time. But um, oh, Jesus, I'm just happy. Still... I'm just happy to do it. Thanks. Well, no, it's no fucking bothers anyways. Um, but yeah, no, it's been it's been a fucking pleasure, and it it's always been a pleasure. Um, but yeah, no, we'll, uh, if anybody's looking for, for our Instagram plugs, Jack's is, uh, Jack Kingston Music, mine is Connor underscore Gracie, Humanzies is Humanzies Jitsu, and then there's Humanzies Jitsu Podcast, and then there's Sean Judo Jits. Um, it's strange that I'm doing the interview today, but whatever, I, I do what I want. Um, but, uh, thanks Just everybody for listening. Definitely have points. Yeah, we're, we're, you're buying me five points. Um, but, <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. Anyways, um, have you got anything to say, Jack? Before we fucking uh, uh, hang hang up or end this uh, podcast thing thing. Oh, I don't know. Uh, shout out to my brother. Shout out to uh, Adrian Elbert. Uh, all the lads in Premier Martial Arts or Premier Martial Arts. My girlfriend and Ten Planet. <laughs> oh, Ten Planet. Pretty disgusting. Um, well, that's that. Go ahead. Ten Planet sound. That's that, folks. You heard it from the man himself. Um, right, anyways, chat to you later on, folks. Have a good one. No worries, cheers.